Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather. Now your host, Nate Bucati. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you stream your video content and wherever you get your podcasts. I am Nate Bucati, joined on my right by Jacob Peterson. Jacob, how are you? I am good. I'm a little tired, not yeah? going to lie, after spending, after spending the week in Disney last week oh during the international break. Uh, I've, I've got my steps in, I think, covered for <laughs> nice. the month. So. But but I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Glad to be How back. many days did you do on the property? We were Sunday to Sunday, so seven Ooh, days. Wow. Or eight days, whatever. Good time. Um, great time. Great time. Hot, still hot down there. Mm, Which, yeah. Coming back here, the weather's definitely changed a little bit, but it was a great time. My daughter had a blast. My whole family was there. Uh, a lot of fun. But tired. I think yeah. everybody's tired <laughs> right now. I, I, I look, I can identify with that. We did two days in Disneyland a few years ago, and uh, that was that was pretty good. We were exhausted, but not like completely worn down by the end of it, and you dodged a hurricane, too. We did. So you timed out your trip uh, well, because if it was this week, I don't know if you'd be making it. Um, so it's good to have you back, Jacob Peterson. The other voice you heard here, Connell McCourt. Connell, how are you? I'm fantastic, man. Ready yeah. to get back to MLS action at the it, weekend. So it, it is kind of interesting, isn't it? We, we all of a sudden get back together there's there's been this little break this international break for some of us uh it was pitch black over the weekend which was great it was a wonderful night at children's mercy park we'll talk about the awards that the sporting kansas city players won at that event um and uh there's of course been some international soccer so i've been i've been doing a little scouting on the upcoming opponents for the united states men's national team with wales in action particularly uh by the way, we're recording this right before the U.S. plays their second and final uh, game during this window, their last tune-up for the World Cup. So we're going to probably stay away from too much analysis of what we saw from the U.S. men's national team. We don't really need to talk about that Japan game anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, less said the better, right? Right, right. The less said the better. Hopefully it's, it, we're, everybody's going to listen to this knowing that the U.S. just played a wonderful game in their last game, and then, and then it's all good and getting ready for the World Cup. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to talk with Kyrie Shelton. He was one of the award winners at the Pitch Black Awards. He was co-humanitarian of the year. He and Johnny Russell split that honor, which is uh, the one that they present last at the Pitch Black uh, Awards because I think that everybody in the organization feels like it's the most important mm-hmm. and the one that we're most proud of. And so we'll talk to Kyrie about all the different um, community-based initiatives that he's a part of and uh, what that award means to him. And we'll talk about the closeout to the season as well. We'll also get you ready 
for the last two games of the regular season. Coming up this weekend, Sporting KC have their final home game of 2022 as they will take on the Seattle Sounders on Sunday on national television on FS1 and on our sister station 94.5 FM ESPN Kansas City at 4 o'clock. And, wow, two teams that are always in the playoffs. They've been maybe the models of consistency if not in all of MLS, at least in the Western Conference over the past decade plus, might both possibly miss out on the playoffs. Sporting Kansas City already officially eliminated, and Seattle Sporting might be able to hand them that elimination, and we'll talk about that uh, coming up uh, in the last segment of the show as well. But guys, I want to I wanna get back to it um, when it comes to the awards for the year. And uh, Ali Trost, Martin, and I gave a little speech before – the uh, the award ceremony started, and the main theme that uh, that we built on was the old Vince Lombardi quote that uh, his teams never lost; they just ran out of time. And sometimes you could say that just to make yourself feel better, but in this case, I don't think that that there's any debate really to me that that's what happened with this sport in Kansas City side. If there were five or six games left in the season, I think we'd all be feeling pretty darn good about mm-hmm. Sporting's ability to work their way back into the playoffs, Jacob, based on the way they've played since the start of the month of August. Yeah, it's been – we've talked about it on, on broadcasts. It's just been night and day. The the performances, the, the chance creation, the goal scored. I mean, every single metric that you look at, basically up until the start of August and then August onward – it's a very good soccer team right now, and it's unfortunate that team's not going to be in the playoffs, which we kind of all knew that going in. It would have had to be a, a historic, really, run of form because Sporting's been in great form. What I think the third most points in the league, right, since the start of August, which would put them right up there competing with the LAFCs and the Philadelphia Union for, for the Supporters' Shield if they could have, have played this way throughout the, the whole season, but... I think it's a lot better this way, right, where you start the season slow and then you're ended on this high as opposed to you start the season flying and then you kind of crumble down the stretch. Obviously, it doesn't really matter this season-wise, but I think there is a lot of optimism going into these last two games. And then can Sporting and can the organization carry that over into next season? Because let's not forget, of course, Gotti Kinda, Alan Polito coming back from injuries, all of the players who are performing at this high level right now, I mean, there's a lot of positive things for this club, just unfortunately a little bit too late of a run, and I 100% agree that there's there's five more games. I think this team's making the playoffs, and this team's going to compete for yeah. a championship as well. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, it's a Jekyll and Hyde type, as you said, before August and after August. It kind of seems like it almost looked like two different seasons. We've just – the trajectory has just completely changed. Uh, and as you mentioned, we picked up an average – I think it was two points per game from the start of August, which is – that supporter shield form, you know. And I think we all kind of knew that the team had it in them, and it was just a matter of putting it all together. Obviously, Willie and Eric Tommy coming in was a huge boost to the team, and then obviously you, it is pay dividends on the pitch. But as you say, a couple more games, and it would have been, I mean, you'd, you'd think we're sitting pretty comfortable because it's getting to that time of the season where teams are starting to pick up injuries and are starting to lose games that you wouldn't expect them to lose. And if we had been picking those up, uh, picking up the points all the way, you know, who knows where we could have been in the standings. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big point right there, um, Jacob, is what you said. Not only would this team have a great chance of getting into the playoffs if there were just a few more games, 
if this team got into the playoffs, who wants to play them right now? Because there, every once in a while you see teams that, that are middling teams that work their way into the bottom half of the playoffs, and they're not really much of a threat. But then every year, I mean, last year we saw two four seeds make it all the way to the MLS mm-hmm. Cup final. But every year you see a couple teams where you go, man, that team might be a seven seed, but they're a dangerous seven seed because they're putting it all together. And, that, and that's what you feel about sporting right now. But it is what it is. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. But also I think that, that like what, 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 uh, what Connell pointed out, Jacob, is that it's, it's not like you just look at it and go, oh, yeah, they, they got hot at the end of the year. You can look on the field and see specific reasons why they are playing this well and why they have so much confidence that you can see translate into next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with those additions, increases depth within the team, increases competition within the team. And we knew the talent was there. It just was a little bit of confidence. And sometimes that happens. I've been on teams where you know, hey, we've got some talented players on this team. And for whatever reason, it's just not clicking. But then one result goes your way. And then next week, another result. And then you start to build off of that. And and obviously, since the start of August, it's been one performance after the next, on the road, at home, scoring goals, but also good defensively as well. And it, it's just unfortunate because, as you said, it's not a – say this run started in July – I think this team's in the playoffs securely, firmly in the playoffs, and then is able to compete against those upper echelon teams and maybe could have pulled off a run that, you know, we're kind of used to seeing Sporting be at the top of the table and face one of those teams yeah. that are flying in good form. I mean, RSL last year was, you know, this, the surprise of the playoffs really coming in, beating Seattle, beat, beating Sporting. But it's it's going to be weird this year, I think, without Sporting the playoffs like mentioned Nate also Seattle kind of right there on that line as well they're probably going to have to win out I think they play tonight against Cincinnati um, which that'll determine kind of how how uh, how this weekend's game comes if Sporting can knock off Seattle which would be excellent if if Sporting can't make the playoffs you might as well knock out one one of the rivals in Seattle as well but it's unfortunate because I think this team's good enough and that's why it's it's just a shame. Yeah, and the Cincinnati team's flying right now, too, so they're in really good form. We are off and running on the Sporting Kansas City Show. I mentioned Pitch Black was this past weekend, and we had our end-of-season awards, and we've got one of those award winners coming up. Humanitarian of the Year, Kyrie Shelton, will join us next on the Sporting Kansas City Show, presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Sporting KC fans take pride in supporting the team both home and away. When flying to away matches to cheer on the team, or anywhere for that matter, check out the Kansas City International Airport's new terminal progress at buildkci.com. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you stream your video content. You can be happy you did this time because – Connell, all apologies again. Show got a lot more handsome just now oh, yeah. uh, with uh, with our man Kyrie Shelton joining us on the show. I want to remind everybody we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And yes, 
co-humanitarian of the year, <laughs> Kyrie Shelton. Uh, he and Johnny Russell were presented with that award by Alan Dietrich. Um, and I know that's always a, a big special thing for Alan to get to present that award at the end of the pitch black ceremony. And it's, it's the, they saved the, the best for last. You know how important it is to everybody in this organization. First of all, congratulations, man. How are you? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm feeling pretty good. What was it? Uh, what did it mean to you to, to win that award? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, you know, I shoot for it every year. Um, but, uh, you know, that's my character. You know, I'm trying to, I always just try to give back and, and give to community. Um, I want to feel more a part of the community. I know this is my fourth year here. Um, but, yeah, I want to feel more, feel more and more a part of it. So how did you find out that you were going to win the award? Did you know going into the, or was it, were you sitting there out in the audience that night and heard your name called? I had no idea. Yeah. And I was as, asking Chioma when we were entering the stadium, just give me a little hint. And yeah. she didn't, she didn't. <laughs> she kept her lips yeah, sealed. Yeah, she did. She did. Um, so um, kudos to her on that. Um, but yeah, I had no idea. Um, so what was your reaction? Like, what was what was going through your mind when you heard your name? I was like, oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like, I feel like I've been um, doing a lot of events. Um, and like I said, it's just who I am. You know, I don't, I want to give back. I just want to give. Um, and that's just the goal for me, it's just to give and give. Um, I don't need to receive. The award is amazing, yes, but I don't, I didn't need that. Because that's how I was raised. Yeah. So now Alan talked about a couple of the different programs that you're involved in, and I'd love to get your thoughts on those two things. The first one is Shadow Buddies, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Can you tell us about what that program is and and how you got involved with that? Yeah, so um, I got connected with um, Chioma, and, you know, we were trying to figure out, okay, um, what charities um, I could get involved in and, how much time is there for me to um, be able to give? Um, and so she she got me connected with Marty, um, the owner of Shadow Buddies. And, yeah, from there, um, you know, we're able to choose categories for which kids are struggling. Um, for instance, with, like, diabetes. I did a diabetic buddy. Um, and... You know, I was just, yeah, it's it's that simple. It's There's different categories, and you're able to pick a category and go with that. I'm going to try to hit every single category. Um, there's Army Buddies, um, Army Brat Buddies, um, cancer, cancer Buddies, everything like that. So um, I've done two now, and, and I'm going to keep knocking down the list. Okay, so what does it mean to do a shadow buddy? That that's a stuffed animal for a kid, and what all goes into that? So yeah, it's a buddy. It's a it's not an animal. It's an yeah, okay. actual doll. Um, okay, adult, it's me. Oh, it's Kyrie <laughs> Shelton. Yeah. So I can, yeah. I can get a Kyrie Shelton shadow buddy. Right. You know, or a, I mean, I a kid that that needs it a lot more than me can get a, a Kyrie Shelton. So what's it look like? What's the doll look like? Were you did you have input on? What it looked like, the design and all that stuff? Um, I did. Well, they gave me an option. And I, I told Marty, I was like, you know what? You know, I'm here to give. And why don't you create it and make it look like me somewhat? Uh-huh. You know, and um, she did a fantastic job. It looks like me. 
So the military brat shadow buddy, is that like, are you dressed in camouflage and things like that? Or is it always the same looking, is it the same doll for every so situation? So that's, that's the one I'm getting to okay, next. Gotcha. I'm going to get to next. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, the first one I did um, was a superhero shadow buddy nice. and had a cape. Yeah. Um, it's actually really cool. I'll have to, I'll have to bring one in and show you guys. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so cool. A lot of the kids get to the first one I did, the superhero buddy. Um, they were able to draw on it. I left it blank. So while the kids are in in the beds, they can, they can be creative. You know, I wanted them to write on it what they wanted and just leave it up to their imagination. That's awesome. I mean, it's, and I know a lot of, a lot of people I've heard, in just in within sporting, have been saying that they're so glad to see you recognize for that type of stuff because it's also the bigger brothers, big sisters that you do. You also do the Boys and Girls Club of Kansas City, and we know Nate. When it gets to the end of the game, Kerry's always one of the last ones to leave the pitch, signing autographs, always doing that type of stuff. So it's good to see that you're being honored for it. I know you don't need that type of stuff, as you said. That's just the kind of guy you are and your character. But it's good to actually see him being rewarded you know Kyrie's one of the good yeah. guys and yeah no doubt everybody would say that the, the so when you when you you meet do you get to meet these kids and give them the shadow buddy yourself like what is it what is that process like um so the first buddy I did we're we still weren't allowed to be in the hospitals to oh. go visit oh, yeah um so I wasn't able to do that but at some point I want to be able to go back and be like okay, these are the people and the children I were able to give shadow buddies and, and yeah. actually just go down go down there and just have a conversation with them. Yeah. Um, the diabetic buddy, I was actually able to speak um, in front of the whole group. They came to a game. Oh, wow. Um, and families and, and children. Um, and I lost my voice. I was sick that week. Oh, no. So I, I said a couple things, and, and then um, Jackie – was able to speak for me because um, I couldn't be around many people because didn't want to get anyone sick. Right, right. So, so <laughs> by the way, yeah. 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 So, so by the way, the two people that you've heard uh, Kyrie reference here, if you're listening to the show and you don't know, Chioma and Jackie, both uh, they do incredible work for the Victory Project, um, and uh, the Victory Project. One of the pillars of the Victory Project is to help children through all of life's challenges. It started predominantly with pediatric cancer, but has expanded to everything else, and that's why we start talking about kids that are diabetic, kids that are uh, you know, dealing with military uh, parents and, and, and all the challenges that go along with that. They wanted to expand that reach. How helpful are those two, by the way? Because for somebody like you, you got to focus on your job with soccer. You've got a bit, you know, you got pressure on you to, to 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 perform and do all those things. To have somebody like that that can help lead you to the areas where you can make the biggest impact. How important have those two been for you? Yeah, um, they've made it so easy for me. You know, they're they're here a lot of the time, and you know, they they hang around, and you know, I like to see what else, um, see what other projects they have. Um, so they make it very easy, and the scheduling is is laid out for us. And yeah, they make it so 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 easy. Okay, we've got Kyrie Shelton with us. We're talking about him winning a co-humanitarian of the year along with Johnny Russell. And the other thing that Alan Dietrich spoke about uh, that that uh, you're very involved with as well is the Black Players for Change. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, that's been going on really since that that really powerful moment during the pandemic down in Orlando that I don't think any of us that witnessed it w- will ever forget. How are things going um, since you guys got this this started and, and maybe give us an update on, on what you guys have been working on? 
So since then, um, I've been out of touch with the group. Um, Kendall McIntosh has been more involved okay. with them. Um, my idea and my thoughts behind what they were trying to go after was just be yourself and and get more involved with community. Because um, me being me and the things that have taken place in the past, 2020, um, leading till now, um, I was just like, you know, like, how can I be more involved in the community? Um, and that's just how I've attacked it. I haven't um, really been following up with the guys on, on with emails or anything like that. I've just been like, okay, like, this is my my world, and what am I going to do to create um, positive positive um, energy and spread that? Yeah. So does does Kendall keep you guys updated at all on things that are going on, or is um he, yeah he he'll um. Mainly, we all, we'll have chats here and there, um, but he does keep some of the guys informed that want to know. Yeah. Um, but I know we're having a soon to be a mini pitch um, come into play. Um, they've been doing that. Black Players for Change have been trying to put mini pitches throughout the whole U.S. Okay. And I know what I've heard is that we're actually going to get a mini pitch here in Casey. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> like in a community, in an area that uh, hopefully will expand the, the game, too, to some kids yeah. that maybe don't have access to it usually. Correct. That's awesome. That's awesome. We got we got Kyrie Shelton here. Any other things you want to talk about that you, community-wise you've been involved with? I don't want to leave anything out if it's something that's you know that's important to you that you've been working on. Um, big Brothers, Big Sisters. Yeah. I think that's been a big one for me. How would you get involved year. with Big Brothers, Big Sisters? Chioma and Jackie. Yeah. 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 It's been fun. You know, I have a little. His name's Jaden. Okay. Um, How old's Jaden? He's 12. Okay. And, you know, he's he's a ball of energy. Yeah. Um, but kind of reminds me of myself at that age. And he's just athletic, loves basketball. So yeah. Different sport, but, you know, he's competitive and that's exactly how I was and still am. Yeah. So we were able to um, just kind of connect that way. And I've actually brought them to two games now. Yeah. Him and his family. And they've got to kind of get to see the, the soccer world. Yeah. Um, so it's been different for them. But mm. they they have absolutely enjoyed it. And it's a it's a blessing to, to be able to do that. So are you pushing the soccer ball over towards them? Or is it all in on the basketball? Or? Uh, you know what? It's basketball for him. Basketball mm. and football. Um, I've taken him to the community center. And, you know, I'll hang out and watch him. He'll play in, in the pickup games with a lot older older players. And oh, wow. It's crazy. I'm like, this kid, can, yeah, this kid can ball. So wow. yeah. I'm, like, very impressed. And, and I just like to sit back and let him. So you don't hoop at all? I do a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, you know, I got to got to keep my legs up under me <laughs> right you know i yep so i'll just sit there and watch yeah that's smart i i i spent uh i probably played pickup basketball three four days a week till i was 30 mm -hmm. and after two ankle surgeries and a torn acl i finally decided to give it up you know, it, a day. It's, oh, it is yeah. it's a tough sport because you do you just land on people all the time you know you're always stepping on somebody's Ankles. foot or mm -hmm. Or whatever, so that that's but you're you're built more like a basketball player than I am. You're long and lanky. I'm this short little unathletic <laughs> you dude. And I, I both I, made I picked the wrong way. sport, you yeah. know, in that regard. Um the the big brothers, big sisters thing, I, I had a little um I was I was pretty involved with Big Brothers, Big Sisters growing up because my uncle was uh was worked for Big Brothers, Big Sisters down in Wichita. So when I got out of college I got a little 
and uh, he's grown up now, and now I've got my own kids and all that. It's kind of hard to find the time. But the, th- the challenge, I'm curious what you, what you find in this regard. The challenge I had at first, my little's name was Jaden, by the way. Oh, crazy? Wow, that really? was 15 years ago. <laughs> but um, my challenge was I felt like every time I was going to get together with him, I needed to have something super entertaining planned for him. You know, I'd take him to a Royals game, take him to a movie. Had some, like, I, I felt like I needed to have an itinerary. And finally, the counselor that partnered with me said, he just wants someone to hang out with. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'd just pick him up and we'd hang out at my apartment and watch ball games and listen to music and talk about stuff. Right. Is that, do you guys get, do you, fi- do you fight that at all? Do you feel like, hey, I got to do something impressive for him because I'm, I'm Kyrie Shelton or is it, is it you guys just pretty much hang out and chill? Um, no, I don't. I honestly like going to do things with him. Okay, um, yeah. I take him to Oceans of Fun or oh, that's awesome. main event. Um, yeah. We've also hung at the house. Yeah. Um, but I'm very I'm a homebody, so I don't get out too much. Yeah. So when it's our time, I'm like, let's go do something right, fun. Right. Let's okay. go do something fun. There you go. That's Just awesome. no basketball games. You can't be getting involved. <laughs> no in basketball. You could take him to a basketball <laughs> game, though. You know, maybe <laughs> something like that. And, you know, go to a, up to a KU game or something in the off season. Well, Kyrie, the, yeah. Again, we're we're. We're very happy for you. Um, we know how much an award like this means. And, and I will say this, too. My last point on the, on the Humanitarian of the Year Award, um, being a part of this organization for eight years, it's stiff competition. Hmm. Because what, what this team, and this is no BS. I mean, this is just real. Ever since I've been here, we've had a locker room full of guys that are involved in the community. I mean, guys, and, and a lot of times doing stuff like you that's not for the press release, not having TV cameras follow you around. If people had any idea how many times there's a sporting Kansas City player, back when it was allowed anyway, showing up at Children's Mercy to visit mm-hmm. the kids without anybody knowing about it, uh, you got some competition on your hands, don't you? I mean, there's some <laughs> yeah. good dudes on this team. Oh, yeah. All the guys are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some of the young guys are, uh, I would say, a little bit shy. But yeah. they're starting to open up and get the idea. It's like, okay, you're part of this organization, and you need to be part of the community, and that's the most important piece. Yeah, they, they and they learn because you guys you guys have right. to teach them that, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's that's how the culture gets set. Okay, let's talk a little bit of soccer before we let you go. Uh, you, you were dealing with an injury for a while. You come back, you get that goal against D.C. United. How good did that feel just to get back on the field, be healthy, and then, of course, put one in the back of the net? Yeah, it was good. You know, I haven't had the best year. Um, but, you know, I'm a positive guy. Um, my whole thing was like, okay, I need to get a goal. I need yeah. to get a goal. Any opportunity I get, I need to get a goal. So, you know, it's uh, it was a blessing, and I'm, I'm thankful for Mourinho's because, you know, we've we've had a connection um, since coming back from an injury. We've had a really good connection on the field, and he was able to find me. And it's kind of like the team as a whole hasn't been the best year. Right. But – Boy, it's finishing strong. Oh, oh, yeah. Doesn't that help? I mean, just I just I can see smiles around the place. <laughs> there were not a lot of smiles in the middle of the summer because there wasn't much to smile about. But now, all right. of a sudden, I just get the feeling that everybody's going to be going into the offseason like, all right, here we go. We got something. Do you feel that way? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's um, People are getting confident, and you can see it um, today on the pitch. You could see the confidence coming out, and it was very competitive today. Um, not that it hasn't been all year, yeah. but – now that games are getting won and, and being won, um, yeah, the confidence is there and and guys are happy. Winning becomes a habit too. And with Seattle coming in at the weekend, obviously you're saying everybody's chomping at the bit trying to get into the team. Does it just 
I mean, I don't know if it's just the fans or just us to talk about it. Do you guys talk about that in the locker room, that this is a chance for us to kind of knock Seattle off? To ruin it, We yeah. could be the team that stops them, ends their streak from continuously getting into the playoffs. Is that something, is that a bit of extra motivation for you and the guys? Or Of course, but we want to win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's how I believe most of the guys are looking at it, and that's the chatter that's been going on in the locker room. It's like we want to finish the, the end of the season on a high note, especially with it being the last home game. Um, is to win. So, um, yeah, there's definitely extra motivation when you add the piece of ruining their season for them. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's to win. We've got Kyrie Shelton here with us. And the thing I've noticed, too, and, and everybody has, the fans have been there. You know, and, and I think that's one of the things I, I was speaking with Peter Vermees before we recorded this show today. He, he talks a lot about how over the course of time that this this club has grown into what it is now, you've seen a fan base grow in their understanding of the game. Like, they'll applaud certain moments in the game that might not seem like an obvious, you know, it, they don't just need a goal to get excited. They see the team doing something well, and they recognize it, and they appreciate it. And I feel like, I mean, look, we, we've had sellout crowds, standing room only. Uh, there's going to be another great crowd, possibly standing room only, on Sunday for this last home game of the season for a team that's eliminated from the playoffs. You look around at all the, the – not every team in the league is getting yeah. that kind of support, especially if they've been bounced in the playoffs. As a player, what does it mean to you guys to, to see that kind of support in a season like this? No, we're extremely grateful. Um, it's, it's a blessing, really. Um, I know all the guys, they're like – some of the guys and the younger guys are like, wow, like we're still getting sold – our stadium's still sold out. And, you know – I try to tell them is like, yeah, look at the fans, look at the fans. Like, and you, this is why I do what I do after games because they consistently show up no matter win or lose. They consistently show up. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, we're so, so thankful for them and um, we can't thank them enough. I mean, you're just talking about the fans there. I'm wondering if you're going to be much of a fan this winter when it comes to the World Cup, have you any plans for, have you been watching the U.S.? How they've been playing and... Yeah, I, your plans? I've watched. Um, wasn't happy with, obviously, the last result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for them. Um, they've got a very young, talented team. Um, yeah, and I, I think the, the hopes are high. I think everyone around the U.S. is like, let's go. They're buzzing let's for Let's go, I mean, yes, What do you think, go. just even from both of your points of view, what do you think would be a successful tournament for the U.S. coming off – obviously not qualifying for the last one, and then having such a young, vibrant, energetic team going into it, as you said, hopes are high. Yeah. What do you think would actually be a good competition? Ooh, that's a great question. I mean, you have to get out of the group. Make yes. it, make it, if you make it through the knock, make it to the knockout stages, I don't think anybody has the right to complain if they do that. Right. You know, now, I think they're capable of making a run even deeper than that because I'm with you. I... I think, and I know this last game against Japan's got everybody all worried and everything, mm, but there right. were some guys missing from the team, several right. guys missing from the team. You give me that midfield, you know, if Musa, McKinney, and, and Adams are healthy, you give me those attacking players like Aronson and Pulisic and everything, there's a young sense of, of camaraderie. They seem to like each other. Mm-hmm. They have an energy about themselves, and they have a swagger to them too. Like mm. they know they're good. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think they have any question in their mind if they can go toe-to-toe with these great teams in the world. And I think when it's hard to get that all together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think they have it. So I don't want to put too unreal of expectations on them. They make it out of the group. I'm going to look at anything after that as gravy. Right. But I think they're capable. Quarterfinals? I or? won't be stunned if they make it to the quarterfinals mm-hmm. or even the semifinals. Wow. Now that's really talking there big. That's really mm-hmm. talking big. That's not my expectation <laughs> for them. But I think you don't place limitations on, on people that have amazing talent. Right. You know? Right. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I agree. I I really do. I think they're fearless. Yeah. Um, that's how I like to describe them. They're fearless, and we do have a very tough uh, group. Yep. So. Yep. But anybody can win. That's at the end of the day, who's most confident? And I think the players we have, they're young, but they're also they also have experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. They've played know, in like big pressure games. Exactly. You know, they've played against the Mexicos. They've played in these finals, Gold Cup finals, oh. and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, as you said, they're they're almost too young to know what, why, what the fear. You know, this is they're going yeah. out. This is most of their first World Cup. So, yeah, yeah fearless. Let's take on what England who aren't doing too hot, the Welsh, and then Iran, and hey. see how it goes. In- England's. Their fans will beat them down before they right. even get a chance to play the United States. So That's don't true. even rule that one out. They're a wildly, a wildly talented team, but don't even rule it out. Hey, Kyrie, again, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on a, on a very well-deserved honor, and uh, good luck closing out the season with these last two games. Thank you, guys. All right, that is Kyrie Shelton. We'll take a break. When we come back, Jacob Peterson will rejoin us. We'll talk about this game against Seattle the chance to knock them out of the playoffs and end that playoff streak. And we'll talk maybe about what we see shaking out as the big playoff storylines as well. As we wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, stream your video content, and of course... We're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it. If you enjoy it, our thanks to Kyrie Shelton for joining us on the show. We're rejoined by Jacob Peterson now. And, guys, a a big game coming up against the Seattle Sounders. Big game, why? Well, look, typically, if Sporting Kansas City and Seattle are playing in the second-to-last game of the season, you're talking about seeding for one of the top spots Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. Not the case this year. Both teams below the playoff line. Sporting have already been eliminated. Seattle playing tonight as we record this on a Tuesday. Uh, They play a 9 o'clock Central Time game tonight at home against a very hot Cincinnati team. Um, depending on what happens in that game, it's possible that Sporting could move past Seattle in the standings with a win because I believe it was Seattle a two-point lead on Sporting yep. right now. So if Sport, if Seattle lose tonight, then Sporting would actually have a chance to move past Seattle in the standings and, and deal maybe the final blow to their playoff chances depending on how everything shakes out and all that. Jacob, you're one of those guys. You, now your teams pretty much are always in it, but – what kind of a motivation is it for? I mean, look, Seattle's one of those teams that Sporting have butted heads with over the years toward the top of the West to be the team that could end that streak. Is that something the guys are talking about at all? Well, I, I don't know if they're talking about it down in the locker room, but uh, it would mean something. The, I think there's no doubt about that. It would mean something to to the fans for sure, um, mm-hmm. just because of the I won't say dominance, but just the success that yeah. Seattle have had. And I've said this before a lot of times that, that I hate Seattle. 
and I <laughs> hate them, Love but it's it's part of it is to kind of a jealousy thing yeah, because it's, they're it's always respect, in, yeah. right? Always in the finals. Yeah. First MLS team to to win Champions League. So yeah, there there's a bit of jealousy there and a bit of Sporting are have been one of the best clubs over the past, you know, 10, 12 years, whatever. And Seattle have been one of the best clubs as well. And it's kind of that fighting for who's the best. And Seattle have had a few more MLS Cups, obviously won Champions League. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I think absolutely it would mean something to prevent them from getting into the playoffs. I mean, a few things have to happen. But either way, I mean, everything that that they mean to the league – and, of course, their fans think that they invented soccer, so it would be great <laughs> to knock them off. I mean, the last thing we want on Sunday is a rowdy away dressing room at the end of the game, just knowing that they still have something to fight for and still are able to make it to the promised land of the, the playoffs at the end of the year. So to be the team that could stop that, surely some of the players, that has to be going on in their minds that we could be the team. And it's box office game, 4 o'clock, Everybody's going to be every MLS watcher is going to have their eyes on this game, and to be the team that could knock out Seattle. That's, I mean, you don't need any more motivation than that right there, right? And it's um, it's going to be at four o'clock in the afternoon. Should be a beautiful weekend in Kansas City. We're expecting a big crowd. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got your tickets, jump on board and get your tickets. This is the last home game of the season for Sporting KC. I think I, I, a question that I've heard posed, and I'm curious both of your opinions on it. We've seen the Seattle team. Why are they not going to make the playoffs this year if they don't? And and they're still not mathematically eliminated. They made that run in the Champions League. They won the Champions League. And it came at a price. And we've all seen that price get paid. Sporting were the victims of it, making it to the semifinals and then having their season decimated by injuries in in the wake of it in 2019. They lose one of their most important players to a season-ending injury in their, in their number six, and Paolo. Um, you take it all in context. Let's say Seattle does not end up making the playoffs. If you're a Seattle fan, if you're a Seattle player, was it a successful season? That's tough. That that's a tough one because if you ask if you ask the players now, let's let's say they don't make the playoffs, I would say they they'd say no. But in a few years' time, mm-hmm. and you can s- reflect, and the the sting of not making the playoffs, you know, dissipates a little bit. Then I think, yeah, I think it is a success because they won the Champions League. They were the first MLS team to do that, and they will be playing in the Club World Cup or whatever it's called mm-hmm. uh, when yep. uh, whenever that's decided, whenever that date is. So yeah, I do think that that's a success and something that those guys should should be proud of, and rightfully so, because that that's a tough competition to win. Not just beating MLS teams, but beating Mexico te- Mexican teams, going down to Mexico, getting results. But you're right; it came at a price, right? Joao Paulo's out, who's one of the best kind of number six, number eights in, in the league. Christian Roldan's been hurt now at the tail end of the season. Who knows if those extra games kind of factored into it. But it's a tough question, though, to I, because I bet if you ask the guys, the players, they, they would say no in this moment. But I think stepping back, removing yourself from the situation, they should be proud in, in winning that Champions League. And that's just the competitiveness of, yeah. I mean, obviously it's the next thing we have to do. Because it's kind of, it's odd in a way to win such a prestigious award 
in the middle of the season, and then you know right. it's all it's really brilliant. early Here in the go, season, right? more than middle of the season, and it's yeah. everyone celebrating. You want to have a drink and take, but next thing, boom, you're back at it again next week, and it's we have to drive towards. It. So you don't even get a chance to really celebrate w- w- what a momentous occasion it is, because as you said, first MLS team to win it, that that is something. Because lots of teams, lots of good teams have came before, tried and failed. Uh, us being one of them in 2019 when we got to the semi-final. So it's kind of strange, do you think? Like as soon as the season ends, they'll be like, well, it wasn't too bad. I mean, we, we picked up a piece of silverware that no one else has won. Or is it still the deflation from... Because it's early season. Yeah. It's one thing to win the Open Cup, and which is, you know, towards later the towards end, the end. Yeah. You know, and granted, we did make the playoffs in the years that we won the Open Cup, but... I st- even, yes, you were mad, upset that you lost. You were still thought that that season was a ex- success. You added a trophy to, right. to your cabinet. And ultimately, that's what this is what you play the game for is to win and, and winning championships, winning trophies. So, yeah, you might not win the one that everybody wants to, uh, winning your last game of the season, but you did still win a trophy. But I think because it is early season, it kind of throws that wrinkle in, even though it's a bigger trophy than the Open Cup. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole problem is the timing of it. You know, if you go play in Europe and you win the Champions League, that's at the end of everything. Right. You know, you get to still have a parade and all that stuff, not just like a little celebration. And then, oh, by the way, we got a game in two days mm-hmm. that we got to right. get ready for. I mean, for me, and I don't, I don't speak. I know that there's a lot of fans that would feel differently. Any any season that that has a trophy hoisted at the end of it is a successful season in my books. Those are the ones that go down in history. You know, when you walk into Compass Minerals, you see the trophies. Right. <laughs> you know, those are the years that are commemorated. The year that you made the playoffs and finished as the one seed but got bounced in the second round, there's nothing on the wall commemorating that year. They don't paint the wall at Children's Mercy Park for that year. Right. When you win a trophy, you know, and, and, and if, I mean, you'll know this better than me, Jacob, but just even being a broadcaster in 2015 and getting to ride on the bus next to the trophy and, you know, feeling like you were a part of that team, it's like, yeah, I was a part of that team that won the trophy that year. Um, and for me, this is the biggest trophy because it's the first team to do it mm-hmm. in Major League Soccer. And we keep talking about this league. You're not just competing against the other teams in MLS. You're competing against the other teams in your region, the other leagues in your region, for that footing to keep showing that, no, we are one of the best leagues in the world, and we do deserve consideration. And before you can even really start setting your sights on the big leagues in Europe, you've got to show we belong toe-to-toe with the teams in Mexico. And, and to go out and be the first team to do that, if I were look to me, if you gave us the Sporting Kansas City team what Seattle did this year, I would have signed up for it. Yeah, I'm disappointed not to make the playoffs. I want this team to always make the playoffs. We have something that nobody could take from us. That, that we there's only one first, you know, and right. uh, and so that's how I come down on it. But I understand what you're saying. But but it's tough because it feels like a distant memory, right. you know, like it feel. I mean, it was months ago mm-hmm. that they did that, and now they've had to go through this long tough season, and and we'll see if they make the playoffs or not. Next question I have for you guys is, how will it change with the league's cup format going to this competition, where all of a sudden. Like, the League's Cup as it is now doesn't feel very real to me, you know? And, and the what do they call it? The, the Campiones Cup and those things. Those, those I don't know how about you guys, those kind of feel a little bit like exhibitions to me. Contrived. Kind but of. this thing where everybody's going on pause for a month and everybody's in it, 
and we're going to play this competition. I actually think it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait to see it. But does it diminish what the Champions League now means? Because it's always Mexico versus Mexico or Mexico versus the U.S. in the Champions League. It, it might. It, it might. It, it's, it's hard to know until you know, we get this full League's Cup schedule, which I, I agree with you. I think what, they're, what we're going to do in the future is, is great. And because the, the current or the past uh, rendition or whatever of the League's Cup has been a joke, and, mm-hmm. and it's been terrible. It doesn't make any sense why w- I don't see why players would prioritize right. some made-up trophy when you have league games uh, on either weekend, and then in the middle you're supposed to put out a full-choice lineup during the summer months in a congested schedule. That just doesn't make any sense. This, though, where you're pausing the season, and then you can say, all right, no excuses here. We're going to put out our best lineups. We're going to give this uh, a go. I think that's cool. I think that that's going to be really interesting to see, you know, the 20th best team in MLS play against the, the 20th best team in, in Mexico or whatever it may be. Like just to see up and down how these leagues compare because, you know, you can watch both leagues and you can kind of think you have a feeling of it, but you don't really know until – these teams line up and play each other. So I'm excited for it, but it, it might diminish the the Champions League a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, occasionally you get Costa Rican team that, that slips in there. Saprisa kind of goes far, but there's not. You're right. Usually it's it's Mexico, U.S. Those are no doubt the two, not U.S., MLS in, in general, are the two biggest leagues. Well, you see that, uh, just what you're saying, in even the teams the coaches put out, they know that they have a game at the weekend, they have a game, it's sandwiched right in the middle, so you're kind of, do we run our guys out again, do we risk this for something that we don't really, I mean, is it that important? But this year it kind of seems to have a new emphasis and a bit of a, a new lease of life, and you can bet your bottom dollar that with an MLS team winning the Champions League last year, these Mexican teams will be up yep. for it next year because they, the last load of years, you've had the U.S. kind of getting the better of Mexico on an international level as well, and that does not go down well in Mexico, so you can bet that they'll be back for it this year. So who knows, maybe the League's Cup will be a bit of a lease of life that, that they needed, that the Champions League couldn't really command, if that makes sense. Oh, I think it's going to I think it's going to be great and and stoking the passions of the fans. Yeah, when fans have chips on their shoulders and they they have it like if you're a fan and you hate Seattle, you're going to be at the game on Sunday to right. tie it back in. That emotional attachment is what fuels good sporting events and and we'll see uh, how that all plays out next year. First, we got two games left to wrap up this season to bring it back home, Sporting Kansas City versus Seattle, last home game of the year. And folks, I don't really think, I think I'm preaching to the choir already. If you're listening to this podcast, you know how good the team has been for the last couple of months and how this thing is ramping up towards an offseason that should then ramp up to a really exciting 2023 for Sporting KC. You got one last chance to come out and watch this exciting team play and maybe ruin one of your rivals' seasons in the process. So uh, SportingKC.com, if you don't have tickets already, get them, and we'll see you there on Sunday at 4 o'clock for Sporting KC versus Seattle. Then, of course, the last game of the year, Decision Day, down in Dallas the following weekend. For Jacob Peterson, for Connell McCourt, and for Kyrie Shelton, who joined us on the show today, we thank you for watching and listening to the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and we'll see you next week right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show.